Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, even though when you're born again, you are born to be and overcomer. First John says that what's born of God overcomes the world. Uh, even though that's true and that's his will, you can live a failure, even as a child of God. You can yield to the flesh. You can make choices to doubt and talk death and failure, even though the one inside you is greater, greater than all and ready to help. So uh, when we start off the class by that, you know, I'm learning how to be an overcomer. Uh, these are not just idle words. Um, faith can be weak or none or strong. I'm quoting verses. Remember, Jesus talked to some people said, where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? Sometimes he said, oh, ye of little faith. Well, little's better than none, right? But then there were a couple of times he said, I hadn't seen such great faith in the whole country. Don't you want to be in that category? Yes. Great faith. And we know faith pleases God, so some faith would please him some, but great faith would please him a lot. He'd be well pleased with us in that situation. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the class. Turn everything else off. It can wait a few minutes. No checking this and checking that. And Turn the TV off. Turn the music off. Uh, you can check the other stuff later. Get answers today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this reaching and asking and laying hold of your wonderful grace and goodness and help and answers. Open our eyes. Help us to see you in your word and your will and your ways and let the strength and life and power that, and light that is in your word come into our inner man, into our spirit and being and illuminate us and quicken us and cause us to become strong and rise above all of the death and darkness and doubt and junk in this life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again. We've been on a topic that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. He said, Today, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years. And I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. They have not known 
my ways. We just got through praying. We want to know his ways. And the key to that, he said, is don't harden your hearts. Say that out loud. Don't harden. Don't harden. Your, heart. your heart. What's the opposite of a hard heart? Be a tender, tender heart. And the scripture admonishes us to be tender hearted. And uh, when you're hard hearted, you, uh, you're slow to respond or completely unresponsive. Um, won't cry, won't laugh, won't respond, won't repent. And that's a bad spiritual condition. That means you are, you're not close to God. It means you're not aware of His Spirit and His dealings. And, and I've found the times that I've been closest to God and closer to God, I'm quicker to laugh. I'm quicker to cry. Even happy cry. Right? And quicker to respond and quicker to repent. And quicker to believe. Can you see that hardness is spiritual shutdown? Spiritual shut off and shut down. And um, everybody's been through some stuff. Everybody's had some issues and disappointments. But to shut down with God is being a fool. Because He's not your problem, He's your answer. Right? And even though that is the case, there are a lot of people. They quit going to church. They quit praying. They quit reading their Bible because uh, they prayed for something and it didn't happen or something happened that they didn't think should have and they didn't understand it. And They just quit God. Can you see? They hardened. They hardened their heart. And the problem with that is Proverbs says, uh, keep your heart and guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. I mean, the life that's in your body comes out of your heart. And I don't mean your blood pump. I mean the hidden man of the heart, the inner man. The life that's in your brain, the life that quickens your mind, it comes out of your heart. Everything comes out of your heart. With, with God, it's always about the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, not God. He looks, he looks inside you. He looks at the heart. And so one of the worst things that can happen is that you harden your heart. You, you callous yourself. You, you steel yourself against. And you find that whatever people are doing with God, they do it with other people around them too. That's just how they are. They, they won't listen to other people and they won't listen to God. And ever how you are with people, that's revealing how you are with God. It's just how you are. You don't just flip a switch and turn into somebody else when you're talking to people instead of God. You are how you are. But good news, good news. Even if you become very, very hard, you can be healed. You can be restored. If you will. Notice why he keeps saying, if, if you will hear his voice, what verse 8? Don't harden your heart. So you can soften your heart. You can be tenderhearted if you will. Don't say you can't. That's a lie. That's like saying you can't believe. 
It is a choice. Everybody said out loud again, faith is a choice. Unbelief is a choice. It's a choice. So he goes on to say, I was grieved with that generation. Verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness, and it is deceptive, of sin. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. If he said it one time, it's important. Right? If he says it three times, what should we do? Go, we better pay attention to this. <laughs> this something's going on here. Well, uh, go with me back to Numbers 16 again. On yesterday's class and previous, we've been talking about these episodes, these events where the people failed to trust God. And what we need to understand is that every challenge in life, every challenge, is an opportunity to show God you trust Him. Isn't that right? Every opportunity. You'll have opportunities before the day's over and every day of your life. You get, a, you get a bill you weren't expecting. It's more than you thought it would be. You don't have the money. You don't know where it's going to come from in time. What do we got here? Help me out, class. What do we got? Opportunity to do what? See, I, I can go one way or the other, right? I can go, oh, no. We didn't plan for this. I, you can get mad. You can blame the people. You can start trying to fight and fuss. You're going to call somebody and cuss them out. Aren't you a Christian? <laughs> now you're laughing, but this happens too many times. People, because of their fear, and people get dishonest. No, I didn't, I didn't order that. No, I didn't do that. And, and no, that's not what you quoted and, and this and that and, and, and not taking responsibility. Did somebody make you do business with them? Okay, well, if we missed it here, who missed it? I should have prayed more and done it myself or used somebody else, <laughs> right? Now I need to take responsibility for my decisions, right? If it's a costly lesson, well, learn it. Do better next time. But what do we need to do? Help me out, class. What do we need to do? Not jump on people. Right? Not fuss and cuss and carry on. What do we do? Look to God. Is that right? Can the Lord help me out of this situation? Does He want me to keep my word? Does He want me to pay my bills? Does He want me to be a good witness? Yes, he does. If you need to, humble yourself. Call the person you owe. Are you in the situation? If you should have paid him yesterday or it's due today or whatever and you don't have it in your hand, admit it. Don't run from it. Before you call, pray. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Before you call, say, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me out in this situation. I know that this is nothing to you. You can get this in my hands uh, I'm a giver. 
preferably you could say I'm a tither. <laughs> I put God, I put you first. And so you always take care of me and supply all my needs. And so I'm asking you, get this to me. I claim extra out of this world, right? Go ministering spirits, cause it to come. So now we've prayed, we're in faith, we're expecting to get this money somehow, mm-hmm. right? In a right way, in a good way. We're expecting it to come. And if you need to, you call the person you owe or the company you owe and you say, so-and-so, you know, I, I see that I owe you this or it's three days behind. What I'm sorry about that. I'm not trying to get out of paying you. Uh, I see I owe it to you. And uh, it, uh, sometimes just a, a gesture of goodwill is a good thing. I can send you $50 today and I'm expecting to send you the rest right away. Come on, can you see this? You're not hiding from it. You're not running from it. You're not lying and deceiving. And I've seen this so many times. It won't be long. You'll have the full amount. Is that right? In your hand. You'll pay them. But, But can you see what I'm saying? You have a choice. When you find out Let's say you uh, went for a checkup or some symptoms came up and, and they gave you a bad report. And nobody wants a bad report, but they gave you a bad report. You got X, Y disease. Uh, either it's um, going to be recurrent and, and, and it's gonna, you're going to have to live with it or it's going to kill you. It's going to shorten your life or you got a year to live or a week or whatever the case. Well, what is this? <laughs> Come on, help me out. I know it don't feel like an opportunity. It don't look like an opportunity. Nobody's wanting these kind of opportunities. But is it? Is it an opportunity to what? Because you're going to do one thing or the other. Right? You're either going to... You know, lay down and say, I can't come to work today and, and feel sorry for yourself and, and cry and, and go, well, I, you know, I'm not that old and I, I wanted to live. And I wanted, well, see, you, you, you're not believing for anything. You're getting ready to die. Zero faith. Giving God nothing to work with. But uh, could you do something else? It's an opportunity to make the right choice. And to believe God. To look to Him and say, Lord, you made the body. Is that right? I mean, they say, I got a problem with my liver. They got a problem with my kidney, whatever. You made kidneys. Right? You can fix my kidneys. You can give me new kidneys. He can. He does. He does things like this for people who dare to believe Him. And you look up and and, and you say, Lord, uh, I know, you know, it's not your perfect will. For me to die young or die middle age, you told me with long life, you'd satisfy me and show me your salvation. I believe that. I trust you. You're well able to quicken me, heal me, stir me. You told me to call those things that be not as though they were. So I'm talking to you, organs. Is that right? You're my organs. You're in my body. I got it right. Kidneys, work. Function normally. Be cleansed. I command you in Jesus' name. Is there faith in this? Is this a choice you're, you're making? Yeah, and that's the people that get miracles. That's the people who, next thing you know, a month and a half from them, standing up in church testifying. 
Is that right? How they went back to the same doctor, got a good report, clean bill of health, and lived, you know, next thing you know, they're 98 and still giving their testimony. Now you're laughing, but this is, this is how it happens. Didn't die young, weren't cut off, but how many people make that right choice? It's much more common that people get depressed. Hmm? Even, you know, people don't realize, realize what they're doing, but they go, okay, all right, I, I got a lot of time, you know, vacation time that saved up, and so uh, uh, we're going to make that trip that we had always wanted to make. And plan. See, you're planning to die. Can you see this? Ain't no faith in that. I better do this, uh, you know, while, while I can. And, and sad and put on a fake smile, you know, but inside, in the back of your mind, is your, I don't want to die. You don't have to die. You don't have to. You can live. Remember what the psalmist said? I will live and declare the glory of God and the works of God. Come on, somebody needs to say that right now. I will live. Come on, say it with some, some emphasis. I will live. 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 And declare the glory of God. What does that mean? I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to overcome by the goodness of God. And then I'm going to give him the glory for it. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell everybody they'll listen that he did it. But it's a choice. Every day there are opportunities. Uh, every challenge is an opportunity to demonstrate your faith and trust in God. Hallelujah. And you being so, uh, so prepped and enabled through faith school like you are, you're going to make the right choice. Is that right? Today and tomorrow, you know, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is so faithful. If you start slipping a little bit, next thing you know, you'll hear me hollering at you. And I'll be saying, no, no unbelief, no unbelief. We're going to trust God on this thing. <laughs> Well, they didn't do such a hot job here in <laughs> Exodus and Numbers. They made the wrong choice over and over again. And like I said earlier, if you say, well, Brother Keith, we've been at this a long time here. I'm kind of tired of hearing about this unbelief. I'm glad. I want you so fed up with unbelief that you don't want anything to do with it ever again. So here we go. After they've been told they're not going in, because of their unbelief, they go and go back into the wilderness. They did. And then, Korah, chapter 16, verse 1, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, they and on, they took men and rose up before Moses with 250 famous people throughout the whole congregation. Now, we we understand there's some two million people plus out there. And it says these were princes of the assembly, famous of the congregation. So this is not an isolated thing with a couple of people. This is a, a big movement led by Korah. And Korah is of the Levite family. And they are, you know, regarded in, in the ministry. And then he, they, they, 
How many understand there's been some talking? Is that right? Late night meetings behind the tents and all this. Is that right? And they have fully developed this coup, this overthrow of their current leadership. Just because a lot of people are involved doesn't make it right. Hmm? Just because a lot of famous people are involved doesn't make it God, doesn't make it right. Make up your mind not to be, not to just go along with the crowd, huh? but to pay attention to the Spirit of God inside you and the Word of God. So anyway, they gathered themselves, verse 3, together against Moses and uh, against Aaron, both of them, and they said, you take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and uh, the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift you yourselves up above the congregation of the Lord. I want you to notice something here. They are claiming to advocate equality. <laughs> and they're talking about the Lord. Huh? The Lord. All the people are holy. And the Lord's among us. And who do you think you are? Acting like you're in charge. Basically, who put you in charge? Does anybody know the answer to that question? <laughs> Have you read any of this? Huh? Whose idea was it for Moses? I mean, rewind. <laughs> They've been in bondage, and their fathers, and their grandfathers, and their great-grandfathers, 430 years, nothing but slavery. And on the backside of the desert, Moses sees a burning bush, right? And he goes to see, what is this? It's burning, but it's not. God, the great I Am, spoke to him out of the fire. He was to experience more of that. Later on, God came down and engulfed the whole mountain in fire. You remember that? And spoke out of the flames and fire what we call the Ten Commandments. He, they heard God say, you'll have no other gods before me. They heard the audible, big, booming voice out of the fire. And when uh, the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. I have seen, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, I've seen the, the hurt and pain and bondage of my people. I've heard their prayers. I'm sending you. And you, you, you go to Pharaoh. Well, Moses, why isn't he in Egypt? He's a wanted man, right? I mean, so to speak, there's a, a, a poster with his picture. <laughs> Is that right? In the post office. <laughs> it might say wanted dead or alive. I mean, Is that right? I mean, he is, he is not. Why is he over here in the desert? You know, way away from everything and everybody because he was raised a prince. He had the best education, all the money in the world, 
all the stuff, nicest chariots, nicest clothes. What's he doing over here? And so he tries to tell the Lord, Lord, you don't want me. I mean, I have an issue with talking. And, and of course, I know he's thinking, I can't go back over there. And um, so was it his idea? I'm saying. Finally, the Lord had to get straight with him. He said, uh, uh, didn't I make man's mouth? And didn't I make all these things? And he said, uh, look, your brother, he's coming. I'm going to let him help you. But basically, you're going, right? <laughs> Get ready and go. And so every time Moses went over there, I mean, when he crossed the, the country's borderline, he's in danger. And he go, he waltzes right up to the, the, the palace and says, you know, would you let Pharaoh know that Moses is here? <laughs> Woo. And just boldly, he puts his life in his hand over and over and over again throughout all that, was it his idea? Did he choose himself? Did he send himself? So what are they doing? Korah, Dathan, and what are, what are these, these folks doing? They are rejecting God's choice for them. They are rejecting, and we, we know, I don't know how much they know about it, but we got to read what happened. This is the 16th chapter. Two chapters ago, chapter 14, God said, stand back, right? And I'll wipe this whole thing out and I'll start over with you. And Moses fell on his face and said, oh God, no, please have mercy. He pled their case. He asked for, and God said, okay, I heard you. Is he the best friend they ever had? Yes. Where are they going to find another Moses? <laughs> Who are they going to replace him with? And yet, that's what they're trying to do. That's what we talked about. And why are we talking about the, this is what unbelief is like. This is unbelief. It's rebellious. It's defiant. It's disobedient. It's disrespectful. It's unthankful. Should they have been trying to get rid of Moses and Aaron? No. They should have been finding out if they could bring them some food. Right? Or iron their clothes. <laughs> right? I mean, these people is why they're still around. Why they still exist on the earth. But just because people are talking God, the Lord this, the Lord that, doesn't mean they know God at all. Doesn't even mean they're saved. I want you to read this again. What did they say? They said, you take too much on you. All the congregation is holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is among them. And why do you lift yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? Do they have any clue, these people that are talking, all these 250 princes in court, do they have any clue about God, who he is? God said, they always err and they don't know my ways. Just because people say, God, 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 the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, doesn't mean they've heard from God, doesn't mean they know God at all. And certainly when you see rebellion and defiance, disrespect and unthankfulness, you don't even have to know the rest of the story. You know this ain't God. God's not in this. Somebody said out loud, I refuse to be disrespectful, unthankful, unbelieving. I thank you, Lord, for everybody you've put in my life. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Our time's up again today. 
Uh, as you can see, we've barely got into this text. Come back tomorrow. Let's go further. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.